separates powerful, beautiful, dynamic moves of the Holy Ghost. You can't, you can't separate it from a giving spirit. When people get willing to give, and that's not my sermon tonight, amen, when people become willing to give of their living, and their, you look through the Bible, Jesus noticed it. Amen. And it started before him, started in the, in the Old Testament. It just, it just grabbed God's attention as, as value and, and, and giving. And so thank you again, amen, for, for, for doing that, amen, and giving. And we're going to pull this thing off, make the devil mad, make the devil nervous. And we'll tell you what else. We're still going to help people and bless people right here in this local assembly. We're going to help our neighbors, our friends. And it's not going to take away. You know, we've done this before. There's a scripture in the Bible. I can't remember exactly where it is. Proverbs or somewhere. And it, it, when we, when we uh, in our human carnal reasoning, uh, you know, if you have a pie and you take part of that pie out of there, then you have less pie than you started with. That, that's our calculation. That's how we do it. But in God's, uh, you know, arithmetic, <laughs> When you take out, you got more left than you had when you started. I know, I know, it doesn't make sense, but that's where the give and it shall be given comes in. That's where if we believe the scripture. So I'm, I'm hoping and believing God will open a door, amen, of understanding and blessing to our people who, who know how to, who learn how to do that. Amen. Joel 2.28, I'm probably not going to preach long uh, today. I'm not intending to do that. If, if the, if the hand of the Lord gets on me and I feel like God doing something, then we might, okay? But that's, that's just I'm, my intentions are not. Joel chapter 2, uh, it's a scripture we all quote. Uh, but verse 28, and I'm going to read the whole verse, maybe the, maybe the couple of verses there, uh, but, but, we'll, but we'll just take a little portion of that. Joel 2, 28, and it, this is a prophet prophesying about, about the outpouring of the Spirit. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out of my spirit. I want to take just one little word out of that first portion of that scripture. Amen. And it shall come to pass afterwards. I want to use that one word. Afterwards. Afterwards. Normally, most of us don't like the afterwards part. That's when the blessing comes. That's when it starts happening. I'm going to show you in the scripture here in a minute. We like, we like the first. We like to be, nobody wants to be last. Nobody celebrates who comes in second in the race. You know, everybody wants to be number one, wants to be, we want that trophy. We want that ribbon or that pride. Amen. And in our spiritual life, it's exactly the same way. We don't care about talking about afterwards, all right? I want to talk about that just a little bit, amen. But before you're seated, amen, I just want to say again, Brother Ivan, it's so good to see y'all. We have been concerned. I've repented about not getting down there, talked to Brother Thompson about it, amen. But we did pray, amen, for you and your family and your baby. And, and so I'm so glad. I'll speak for the whole church. I'm so glad to see y'all today, amen. I don't know how I'd respond to that. Bless these folks. Bless these folks. Amen. Hallelujah. Look around. Look around at somebody else and smile at them. Maybe wave at them across the way. Great seeing you in God's house. 
Amen. You can prophesy a little bit if you want. Tell them God's going to speak again here in just a moment. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was going to tell you something if you were listening. <laughs> you may be seated. God bless you. What are we talking about? And I'm going to do a shortcut on this message. There's a lot to be said, but you're smart and you're, you're spiritual and you'll get it. Uh, just just kind of go for the juggler if it's all right. Or do the helicopter style. I don't need much of a runway for that. I can just lift straight up here. Amen. Afterwards. Amen. What a weird title for a message. But what are we talking After what? Listen, here's what it's about. It's about after the trial. It's after the test. It's after the battle. That's what the prophet was talking about. After going through all kinds of stuff, through the meat grinder, so to speak, Amen. He said, after all of that, after the true heart repentance, after the change of mind, after the change of, after you get victory, amen, over thinking it's all about me, okay, we all have that problem. We all have a little bit of selfishness, amen, and uh, when we get past all of that little stuff, that's when it's going to happen, it's prophesied to happen for us and to us. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Listen, there was a wilderness between the Red Sea and that wonderful promised land that flowed with milk and honey. Amen. A wilderness without food, a wilderness without water, except that which God provided. He provided manna from heaven, water from a rock. Amen. But, but that was all between. No, You know, nobody wants to have to depend on, you know, a cloud and a fire to lead us. You know, but that's what they had to do. Listen, we all have a little independence about us, but especially men, Brother Thompson. Men want to someday be their own boss. Amen. They don't have to answer to anybody, but the sad news is that you can start your own company, but you're going to answer to somebody. All right? You can be the boss, the head man of your, and that's all good. And that's, you know, I it's commendable that you can do that and step out on faith. It does put you in a in a position where you can you can cut out a lot of middle people and you can make a lot, potentially make a lot of money, and that's what work is all about. But you always end up having to answer to somebody. Never can get totally independent, amen, of having somebody look at you and say, why did you do it that way? And that wasn't what I wanted, amen. But that's the wilderness. That's the time without water, and you have to depend on God, amen. Listen, if, if, if this 21st, in this 21st century, if Christians, amen, believers, amen, could ever understand this simple Bible concept, amen, that would demonstrate, amen, that is demonstrated throughout Scripture. I mean, over and over we see this come up. I don't have time to get into all of it, amen. But men and women from all walks of life, amen, receive their miracles after fighting through, amen, unbelievable situations. I mean, our hat's off to people. We applaud people who do that. In John, the fifth chapter, Jesus healed a crippled man at the pool of Bethesda. You know the story, amen, who had been there in that condition, the Bible said, for 38 years. Knew what it was like to feel like I'm in trouble. Knew what loneliness felt like knew what, like, you know, they forgot about me. They just bring me here and they put me in this place. And yes, 
the, the, the angel comes down at a certain season and troubles the water. It's like a moving of the spirit type of thing. He said, but I'm too crippled. I can't make it and get in the water because the deal was ever who got in the water, the Bible said they were healed of whatever disease they had. What Wasn't that awesome? That was a, a demonstration of the power of the Lord. But he said, even that, somebody else always gets in first. And here I am for 38 years I've been stuck here. Amen. Oh, but after the test of, the, of his faith. Hallelujah. Amen. After the battle, after this time of loneliness. Amen. He, he had to get past the doubt. He had to get, he had to learn how to deal with hopelessness. He, learned, he had to learn how to deal with a thing called self-pity. Amen. But that's God's word. The Bible says it's yay and amen. And you know what that means? That means yes, and that's the end of it. That means no more discussion about it. That's what, that's what amen means. If they, amen. That it, it is settled. Amen. And God does say some good things. He left us some promises. Amen. You know, end of the subject. So I don't know when your miracle's coming. I don't know when your financial breakthrough is coming. I don't know when the blessing, amen, and the, and the healing and all that. I, I don't know. But if we will just hold on afterward, <laughs> he did say no respecter of persons. He did say whosoever will let him come. Listen, we win either way. You know, I've, I've watched a few people get close to death and they knew they were a close, close to death, and they begin to look at death as not total defeat and the end of everything. They looked at it, and it's a, it's a weird way to look at it, but it's a little different from what we, you know, who like to live and want to live. You know, it, you know they, it, it, was, it was, if God heals me, I win. But if I die, I still win. See, we think if sometimes, I'm not, I'm not preaching negativism here. I'm not saying, I'm not, trying to kill your faith because I'm always going to pray for you to be healed. I mean, right up to the deathbed and the doctors are shaking their head this way and they've given up on you, ready to send you. I'm going to be praying for a miracle. That's just the way you do it, okay? Amen. But, but, but if you don't get healed, you're still a winner because John said, amen, he saw a place. Amen. He saw a place. And that's where we're headed if we don't quit. Amen a place where there's no more sickness, there's no more dying, no, no more disappointment afterwards. Hallelujah. Amen. No more nursing homes, no more hospitals, no more funerals to attend. We win. Any way we go, we win. Hallelujah. Sure, I'm like everybody else. I want a healing. I want to shout about it. I want to give God the praise for it. Hallelujah. I tell the story. Amen, about an elder preacher that I look up to, used to pastor in Pensacola, Florida. Amen, and I looked up to him. He had a lot of people around us. And I, I, you know, I'm a young preacher and I'm just trying to get started and I'm an Acts 238. There's only one God and, you know, God don't know any other God. If God don't know any other, who am I to start finding other gods? He said, I did this all by myself. So I was into that. I was, I was 
crossed up with all kinds of denominational people who they preached this and that and baptized the wrong way in a way that nobody was ever baptized in the street. So I was, I was a debater. And I was learning. It was probably good for me. And, and at a funeral, this man, elderly man by that time, and again, I looked up to him, and I, I didn't know him, but I'd heard him speak and preach and build a great church in Pensacola many years ago. But he was from that part of the country in North Louisiana where I was from, so he would come back for funerals. And I was sitting in the, in the foyer, and there was this heavily made-up woman who somehow was kin to the person who had died, and, and Brother Welts was about to go up to there and, and do the main part of that speaking. And, and I, you know, she said, Brother Welch, and they said he was a real rounder in his days before he got in the church, you know, like a lot of us were. And, uh, and so she had heard those stories, and then she also heard the end of that story where he was just a man of God and great things accomplished in the kingdom of God. And so this made-up Jezebel-looking woman, amen, with probably a skirt that was too short, you know, all kinds of, everything that looked, it looked every way but as a Christian. You could just obviously tell that she wasn't a, a real holy Christian person, amen. And, and so she said, Brother Welch, why, you know, I just, I'm just curious. What caused you to ever begin to start preaching and living for God? I'm expecting him to start out because he was a debater. He was a one God, apostolic Jesus name. He knew the message and he, was, he wrote books about it and he, he could do it. And somehow or other in my young heart, in my mind, I expected he was just going to tell her she needed to be baptized in Jesus' name, and she needed to know that, that the almighty God was in Christ Jesus, and she needed, we need to understand. But, but he didn't touch any of that. Oh, hallelujah. And she was looking right at it, and she needed an answer. And he said, well, I was a sinner. I was pretty bad. But he said, I heard about a place where there was no sickness and no dying. And he just kind of went down a street of pure gold or a street of pure gold, the gates of pearl. And this woman, makeup, began to roll down her face. I learned, Brother Ruck, a valuable lesson. Just sitting, I was sitting and he was standing right near me, and she was too. And I thought, you know what? I'm glad I know there's one God. I'm glad I know how to baptize people properly. I'm, I'm glad of that. But sometimes that doesn't reach people like the place that we're going. Amen. We're going to be a winner. We're going to be overcomers any way God decides for this thing to go. But it, touched, it touches hearts. Hallelujah. Amen. Afterwards, hallelujah, after our test of faith, after all of the stuff that we have to go in, list of things, amen. Hallelujah. But, but, but you know, we build monuments sometimes to our failures. And, and we re relive our hurts and, and, our, and our struggles. And, and, and we, we relive our past sins sometimes. This is why it's hard for some people just to make progress. Amen. We always talk about the rearview mirror. It's good to glance in there in that rearview mirror every once in a while. But you don't, you don't need a rearview mirror as big as your windshield. You know, you don't need to, you need to look, but you don't need to keep looking in the rearview mirror, all right, because you'll end up back there where you started. Hallelujah. But, but those who understand that the blessing will come sooner or later, just, just keep pressing on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're not going to build a monument 
Hallelujah to what happened to us yesterday. Hallelujah. We've all had our share of setbacks. I mean, I, I could write a thick book about troubles and disappointments and discouragement and you name it, problems. But, but, but I'm not. Hallelujah. Because this kind of attention to the wrong thing, it, it would leave me with some bigger problems than it was to start with. That, that's how we bring ourselves back there. It did me wrong. So I'm not going to trust anybody anymore because I've been hurt before. I want to say, you know what? You're probably going to be hurt some more. It's not what happens to us, folks. It's how we respond to it. It's how we react to it. Y'all know know how I do this. Y'all know how I do this. Sister Debbie does our counseling. She's our family counselor here, and she's good at it. Uh, And I recommend if you've got family problems, financial problems, you've got just problems, she can help you through all of this stuff. But, but, But let me tell you my counseling. It's up to you. We have a, listen, we've had a choice since the Garden of Eden. It, we choose. We choose whether we have an ugly spirit. We choose whether we have a good spirit. We choose whether we're going to forgive people or we choose whether we hang them over hell from now till Jesus comes. Called unforgiveness, all right? It's our, it's our choice. Here's another choice we have. We can make as big a deal out of a situation as we want to. Or we can make it as small as we want. Listen, you know what we can do when the devil comes along and starts telling us to get a bad spirit? You know, quit giving, quit blessing the church, quit quit agreeing with other people in the church. I'm just going to be... Listen, it's time to make a decision. Is it worth your soul? And not only that... Listen, we're, other people are watching. Our children are watching. They preached to us here this week. We don't do this just for us. We do this for our children. We do it for the next generation. Amen. We do it for the generation after that, our grandchildren. And so I'm, let me just be totally honest with you. I, I hope I'm honest all the time, but I'm just trying to grab our pull us in here when I say uh, statements like that. Let me tell you, be, be totally honest with you. There have been times when I felt like, you know, like Jeremiah. I'm not going to preach anymore because they are not listening, Brother Green. They don't want to hear this. They're missing church right and left. They're going to figure out some way to miss church and not come to prayer time or not pay. You know, so I'm just going to quit. But that's when Jeremiah said, but there was a fire that it was shut up in my bones. And I couldn't stay. I couldn't not do it. But there's been times that I felt that same spirit. But let me tell you, it wasn't the fire shut up in my bones that, that stopped me from just setting my Bible on the coffee table or on the shelf and saying, you know, I'm just going to leave that there for a while because nobody wants to hear it. It wasn't that. It was my son. It was my two daughters. It was my grandchildren. I, I can't not do this. I can't just walk away from this. I'm going to do it for their sake. And that's where God's trying to get us. Because this been we've been selfish too long. Amen. We've done it for us. That's what the world does. Just threw that in, all right? Think about that a while. They used to tell us, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> put that in your little black book. We just deal with it the best we can. Hallelujah. And just continue on. We're on a journey. Hallelujah. I know we like things quick, but we don't get there overnight on this journey. 
Hebrews 11.37, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. And you go down to verse, no, 10th chapter, back up to the 10th chapter, the 38th verse. Now the just shall live by faith. You knew I was going to bring in faith here somewhere. But if any, but if any man draw back, or anybody, you can say backslide if you want. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. I don't know what your biggest trial is. Maybe your wife. Maybe your kids. Whatever it is, you just have to deal with it the best way that you can. But don't even think about giving up because afterwards, <laughs> again, at some point, I'm not going to prophesy today. And No, 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 not unless the Holy Ghost puts it on my heart to do it. I, I'm, just, I'm just preaching a principle here. If we'll ever just learn how this is what I do now, I come to church, I pray, I read my Bible, I start trusting people, hallelujah. I pay my tithe, that's, just how, that's how we live. But the blessing is coming, Brother Jason, sometime. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to try to set a, that's when we all get in trouble. That's when we get false prophets all over the place. Eh, eh, amen. But, but it's somewhere, sometime. Amen. That's what God did with the crippled man. You know, I have my own ideas about that. Listen, you ever see people get healed in the church and then there's all kinds of other people that didn't get healed? Sure. That's what happened at the, at the pool of Bethesda. Do you know that the pool of Bethesda, one translation for Bethesda is house of mercy? Think about that a minute. This man was placed there every day in the house of mercy and it looked like there was no mercy around there. That was a false title or something. I'm in the house of mercy. Oh, really, it doesn't seem like it. You know, we could relate that to the church. I'm in church. I keep praying. I keep coming to the altar. I still got these problems. I still don't, ain't got no money. Don't worry. And here's what Jesus did. This is my own take. This is not in the Bible. He had to walk past all kind of people that were sick, crippled. Other people, the Bible said lame, paralyzed, all kind of sicknesses. All that. Sure, they, that's where they, they're waiting on the troubling of the water. But Jesus had to get, he had that one man in mind. One day it's going to be your day. One day you're going to walk in these doors at church. Amen. It, you know what? You don't know it, but it's just come around. It's your time, your blessing, your help. Amen. Your rescue is coming. And I'm sure Jesus walked past somebody that was probably worse off than that guy. He said, excuse me, sir, but he didn't heal him. Why? He was going to somebody else. It was the crippled man's day. Hallelujah. He said, wilt thou be made whole? Then he began to make excuses because he had never had a blessing. He had never been healed. And so, you know, and, you know I would, but I have no man. Listen, hey, do you want to be whole? Rise, take up thy. He was asking a man to do something that he couldn't do, Brother Solomon. That's what God will do. Just throw that in for good measure. Well, I don't know if I can do that or not. That's what God always does. He'll always ask you to do something you can't do. I can't live like that. I don't have enough money to pay my tithes. I can't come to church that much. That's just craziness. I know, I know. Well, that would have been crazy too for the man. Like, rise up. I, I can't get up. You're asking. I, I can't rise up. Take up my bed and walk. 
I can't even get up, much less take up my bed. But that's what Jesus asked him to do. All of that's a test. If you'll keep showing up, if you'll just keep marching, if you'll just keep believing, if you'll just keep trusting, hallelujah, amen, one day afterwards, hallelujah, hallelujah, come on, let's give him thanks right now. I don't know how to end this, but at the end of this song, at the end of this message here, I would like for us to come to the front and let's just give praise for our afterward whenever it comes. I want us to be, I don't know nobody whining today, all right? Even though you still got your problems, you still got your pains, you got some mountains ahead of you, hallelujah. Amen. You may be going through a tunnel. You don't see a light. But think about it. Listen, you're going through a mountain. You're going to get to the other side of the mountain. That's what we want to do. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to give some praise here in just a minute. Got a couple other thoughts I want to give you here. Amen. Afterwards, again, the thing that we don't want to, we don't want to wait. But then the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord. Amen. Shall renew their strength. They'll, they'll mount up with wings as eagles. Amen. Those that wait. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, the Bible says there is a time and a season for all things. When it's time for you to be blessed, when the season is right, now not our season, it may be in the dead of winter, but when it's God's season, all right, his seasons are different. Listen, the blessings will come. I love, I hadn't done it in a long time, but I used to, uh, Brother Green used to read the Louis L'Amour books, a good, clean, western, it put me back. I could ride that horse and, man, fight Indians, you know, shoot my gun. Always shot the bad guy, by the way, just for some of you all worried about it. The bad guy, he, he needed killing. <laughs> but 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 I just love that history of the Western territory. And people left this East Coast and they would travel. They heard about a good land. Now they had Indians there and they had a lot of problems. But but they, there's land for the taking. Just laborers and hard workers. And but it was every kind of every walk of life. People, Amen. That traveled. But they traveled west. They traveled over the mountains. They traveled over the plains through rivers, wilderness, amen. They had, there was many stories, many adventures, amen, to share, but they, they had to fight the Indians. Uh, they had to cross those raging rivers, but they, and they didn't have a bridge. They suffered sickness and disease. They buried their loved ones on the lonely prairies, the little markers along the way, but the tracks of the old wagons traveled on west. Why did they do that? That's just skimming. That's just touching what they suffered, diseases, sickness, death, but they traveled on because they heard about a good land. It was on the other side of that mountain range. It was across that raging river. Amen. We got to fight some more Indians. Amen. And we faced death itself and sickness and no doctors. Amen. And so they, they did that because they had a dream. They had a vision. We get through all of this. We're going to settle down and build us a house and we're going to build a, we're going to have a farm or we're going to raise horses or cattle and God's going to help us and bless us and they prayed on their way. But it was after all of that, after the trouble and the struggle and the pain, amen, they traveled because somewhere ahead there was a beautiful land. Peter had a revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Amen. 
but he didn't have an understanding of the cross. <laughs> Remember when God said, I've got to go to the cross and I've got to die? Remember when Peter said, not so, Lord. We're not letting you do that. And he was trying to help, but he didn't have an understanding. Jesus said, I rebuke you, Satan. Get behind me. You don't understand these things. Amen. Why don't we just, I'm, I'm, I got more to say, but I, I think we're going to try to end right there. Let's all stand. Amen. I just feel like God's going to give somebody some peace of mind about this. You may be weary. I don't know if I can go on or not. I got this to deal with and that to deal with. You're going to get your encouragement and your strength right here. I, we can get some musicians up here if y'all want. Amen. Make me sound spiritual. Hallelujah. I'm going to die at the hands of the Romans and, and the Pharisees. And, no, 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 you're not going to do that. Amen. But see, Jesus knew that there had to be a death before there could be a resurrection. But see, we want, we want to go right to the resurrection. We want to skip all of the, you know, the scourging and the crown of thorns. And No, no, no. No, you've got to do that and, and it's what, to get what comes afterward. Hallelujah. Anybody willing to just keep hanging in there? Anybody willing to just, this, this is my lifestyle. Hallelujah. And my, and my family's going to be saved. My children's going to be saved. My neighbors are going to be saved. Hallelujah. You don't like the pain. Folks, listen, we, we, here's what sees us through. We have to believe and future victories. That the future is afterward. <laughs> Some of you are in a test right now. Somebody said, I don't remember who it was. Somebody said, where there's no hope in the future, there's no power for the present. I mean, I'm, when I begin to dream and vision, envision a new building here, the remodeling, amen, and, and, you know, and, and the, the way this church is going to look, what they call it, you, you know, curb appeal. And they look, like, whoa, look look what's... And I begin to see people that are out there get impressed with, it's pretty on the outside. I wonder what they're doing on the inside. I see a lot, I see a lot of cars out here. Oh, by the way, we're going to extend our parking lot. Uh, you know, it's just not enough room. We get all of our leaders to park in the back and still and, and fill that parking lot. And then we still have... But, but we're going we're gonna to have to have more room, Brother Green. Brother Chad, and so the parking lot's going to come. But but people's going to be looking at that. You think that, that, that wow, man, they, they just need a move of God. No. Listen, that woman that had the issue of blood, she didn't want a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> Not that I can see in the Scripture. Oh, I want to know him. No, she was sick, and she needed, a he, she needed help. You think there's not people out there that just needs a healing in their body and their marriage? Their relationships, they're not coming because they want to just get close to Jesus. They're too shallow for that. They don't know very much. Amen. So who knows who's going to be saved, amen, for what we do, what we give. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The waiting, the pain, all that comes afterward. Scripture tells us that without a vision, the people perish in Proverbs 29, 18. Unless we can envision ourselves 
better off in the future. Unless we can overcome the temptation to doubt God. I don't know. I don't know. Stop doing that. Here's what will happen. If we don't have faith, if we don't have hope for the future, we'll just simply fade into oblivion. But we will be no more. That's what he said. We will perish. Without a vision, the people perish. I have this vision of a multitude of sinners. I really do. A multitude of sinners repenting right here before me, right in us, in these altars right here. Giving thanks to him for not allowing them to perish. That's what happens if you don't repent. Jesus preached that. If you don't repent, you shall all likewise perish. He used the word perish. If you haven't given much thought to the mercy of God lately, and I'm going to try to close with this. Simon Peter. Oh, yeah. The one that God gave the keys to, to the kingdom to, remember? He cursed. Yeah, I'm going to help somebody right here. He denied the Lord. Yeah, same one. I, I, I've not found anywhere in the word where God ever took those keys back. What, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the mercy and the long-suffering and the very nature of God. For somebody that feels like that you just messed up, now you, no, no, Peter messed up. Amen. God forgave him. David lusted and took Uriah's beautiful wife. Then he had this good man sent to the very front of the battle lines and had him killed. Sounds like murder to me. And so here's what it was. It was plain old adultery. There's no way around it. It's just wrong. All right, you can't be saved in a living in adultery. And there was murder on top of that. Just plain and simple. I mean, this is the reason that Psalms 23 and 6 is so very powerful. What did it say? David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It was nothing, Brother Ruck, but the mercy of God. Nothing else that kept David, amen, going on. Because he was guilty. He messed up. He blew it. But God said, I forgive you. He said, now the sword of the Lord for what you did, you're going to reap a harvest. The sword of the Lord will never leave your house. You're going to have trouble. So that's why we have to behave ourselves. That's why we can't just, oh, I'll just go out and do it and then ask God. No, don't do that. You can, you can still be saved. Amen. But, but, but you don't need to do that. All right, it's not good. Not good for your family. It's not good for you or anybody. All right. But my, my point is this. David, God never took back that name that he gave David. And throughout the Bible, David is a man after God's own heart. God, I, I, I failed so miserably. I've messed up so horrible. But I'm not quitting. Because David knew that there was an afterward. There's an afterward. I don't know what you're in right now. I, you may be up to here with some kind of sin or some kind of whatever. I don't know what it is. Amen. And you're guilty about it. You don't know what to do about it. I, I, but I do know this. There is an afterward. Amen. And we're dealing with a God that loves us. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. I thank God for his mercies. Here's what I want us to do. Amen. We're going to worship. I feel the worship, man, about to explode in this place. Listen, we, we're, not, we're not shouting and praising because we're, we're got, we got the blessing on us right now. No, we, we're, we're, we're going to shout and rejoice because God promised us that afterward, afterward I'm going to pour. I, I understand. I hope I'm not taking this out of context, but you get my thought, my principle, because it's a principle throughout the word of the Lord. After the crown of thorns, after the scourging, after the mockery, after the stripping him naked before the world, amen, the humiliation, amen, then there was a resurrection. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to have a resurrection. Somebody's going to be blessed in this house. Amen. Why, why don't we come with that in mind right now? Why, why don't we come to this altar? Invite somebody to come with you right now. Amen. Let's come claim our afterward in Jesus' name. Take somebody by the hand. Amen. You do the be the leader here and bring somebody down to the altar and say, We're gonna we're gonna shout about our tomorrows and we're gonna shout about next week and next month and next year. Amen. Because it's a promise from God. Yeah, come on.
shout, 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 shout all night, 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 all night. I said I, I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. We will praise you. I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta And how he said. 
me free, I'm gonna praise, 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 praise all night, 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 all night. awesome day, right? God is good. One announcement before we all leave. If you want a picture of you and your mother or you and your child, if you are a mother, if you want it in the Mother's Day slideshow, that is next week. 
You have to get it to Sister Kelly or Sister Taylor today. If it's not there today, don't be upset if you don't get it in the thing. The email address is in the bulletin, and it is crcmedia18 at gmail.com. So this is your last chance. If you're not in there, it's not our fault. Now you know. So God bless you. Love you. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. Come expecting a great move of God. Amen. Somebody got old today.